don't know how we're going to make it, and, you know, there's so much darkness out there, and, well, we'll just kind of huddle on our little church on Sunday mornings and have a good time, but I don't know if we can do much more than that. And I say, no! Do I need to speak louder than that? No! We are the church. We are the army of God, and we need to move forward, okay? Because we have to understand not just that, because I think sometimes we look at our weaknesses or our frailties or, or our shortcomings and think that we can't do anything. But through the power of Jesus Christ, the church is mobilized into an army. And I want us to know that because we understand who our backing is. When I was in high school, I have, uh, well, I have a, a sister who I'm a couple of years older than her. Her name is Amy. And um, so we went to a school that was kind of smallish. The 7th grade through 12th grade all were in the same building. We were spread out a little bit, but we were pretty much in the same building. And so when she got into 7th grade, I had already been there a couple of years, and we had lockers. Remember lockers in high school? Okay. So you had like the top row of lockers and the bottom row of lockers. Well, as a 7th grader, she had a bottom row locker. No one wanted a bottom row. You wanted a top row. So she's on the bottom row of lockers, and she had some older girls that had top row above her. And so when the school year started, she, got, she was getting picked on a little bit by these older girls with the older locker who were accidentally dropping notebooks on her or not, you know, not letting her get to her locker, staying there too long, making her late for class, kind of bullying her a little bit. And so she told me about it, and I said, well, let's, let's see what I can do. So I'm walking down the hallway, and I see her, and she's there on the floor trying to get her stuff, and there's these older girls just kind of being a little mean to her. Anybody know any mean girls? Don't look at anybody else in here. I'm just, you can shake your head if you want to. But. And uh, there being a little mean girl to her, okay? And so I uh, walked up uh, and uh, kind of behind the girls. They didn't see me. And then I slammed my hand against the lockers. Hey, Amy, how you doing? <laughs> and they, ah. And I said, are these the girls that have been messing with you? And I just looked at them. <laughs> and they just looked at like this. Who's this big sophomore, you know, looking down on them? And I said, well, you let me know if they mess with you ever again, okay? And then I just walked away, okay? I wasn't going to do anything to them. Don't look at me like that, okay? <laughs> I'm just scaring them, okay? <laughs> but what I can tell you is, Amy did not get messed with the rest of the school year, okay? Because they did not know that Amy had an older brother who was going to be looking out for her. And she was able to walk with confidence the rest of the year because she had big brother on her side. And what we need to know is who we have at our back. We don't have to walk around like this world's messing with us and the darkness and this is coming at us and everything else. We got to understand who has our back, the creator of everything. We've got God the Father, we got God the Son, we got God the Holy Spirit at our back. So we don't need to walk around with this weakness, victimhood mentality. We are the church, and God has our back. The power of the church is its God-given authority to carry out spiritual warfare and proclaim the gospel. Somebody say amen. Come on. That is the power of the church. Carry out spiritual warfare and to proclaim the gospel. Those are two things that we're going to talk about here today. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 16. 
Matthew chapter 16. And we are going to be, we're going to start in verse 13 right here. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. We're pretty much going to stay there the whole time. We'll look at one other, one other verse over here. But Matthew chapter 16, this is a good story, all right? This is a good story, and this is, where the fir- this is the first time that the church is mentioned in the Bible. And Jesus is talking to his disciples about this. And so Matthew chapter 16, if you don't have your Bibles, we've got it on the screen here for you. Verse 13, it says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And so Jesus is asking the disciples here, What's the word around town? Who do people say that I am? Because he's been here a certain amount of time. He has performed a certain amount of miracles. He's done a lot of preaching and teaching and Uh, He's had some uh, uh, discussions, we should say, with some of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And so the name Jesus was known. And so he said, who do people say that I am? And I think that the disciples were being, you know, kind of nice. Well, some say, you know, a a prophet and and John the Baptist and Elijah reincarnated maybe. I don't know. And so they're being maybe somewhat nice because there were some people who opposed Jesus, obviously, and they were saying some things, but there were some people who uh, loved Jesus. And so he was just asking, you know, what do people think about me? And I just wonder if we were to ask people in Richmond and Katie and Rosenberg and just random people, who is Jesus? I wonder what they would say. It'd be very interesting to find out uh, people, especially who, who don't go to church regularly, who is Jesus? It'd be interesting, uh, some of the answers there. But that's what, uh, that's what Jesus asked his disciples. And then verse 15, he says, but what about you, he asked, who do you say that I am? Who do you say I am? See, that's an important question, and really, it's the most important question that you can ever answer. Who is Jesus? Who do you think Jesus is? Who do you say that I am? And really, the answer to that question really sets up the rest of your life. It sets up all of your decision-making from here on out, it, it, it determines who you are going to be, what you are going to do. Who Jesus is is a big question, and you have to answer it. Listen, teenagers here in the room, I'm not asking who does your dad say Jesus is or who does your mom say Jesus is. I'm asking you, who is Jesus Christ? And I'm asking, as Jesus was asking the disciples, I'm asking everyone here in the room and everyone who's watching online, who is Jesus to you? Because if Jesus is just one way to heaven, as there are many ways to heaven, then you are going to live a life that is confused, tossed by the wind, and full of sin. Because the fact is, is that right and wrong it, it, it comes and goes. What was right 10 years ago is wrong now, depending on who you're listening to in the news. There are decisions that are made, and right and wrong is completely relative. What is right and wrong here in Houston, Texas, may not be right or wrong over in Seoul, Korea, if that's who Jesus is, if there is more than one way to heaven. And what's happened is you will become confused. 
Because, well, then who is right? Because I like a little bit of teaching over here, or I like a little bit of teaching over here, or some of this is pretty good. And so if he is one way to heaven, you will live a life that is confused, tossed by the wind, tossed by the wind, and full of sin. If he was just a man, or maybe he even didn't even exist, if that's who Jesus was, someone who didn't exist, or was not God, just a man, you will live a life alone and afraid because you will realize that you are the only thing here on earth. So when you are in trouble, there is no one coming to save you. There is no one who is above you. There is no one who is looking out for you. But as we sung today, there is another in the fire. But if Jesus is not the Son of God and he was just a guy, then we're here alone. And we've got to figure it out for ourselves. Okay? And we can't figure stuff out on ourselves. I can't figure out the weed eater half the time, okay? So I definitely can't figure out morality on my own. Why do we think that we can just figure it out? If Jesus is God, but we can put him aside just kind of whenever we want to, and we kind of pick him back up on Sunday morning, he's just kind of one of those gods that we go to whenever we need stuff, then we're going to live a life that is full of guilt and frustration. We'll be frustrated because we won't see the power of God used in our life. And we read in the Bible how there's the power of God. And we say, well, why, why is the power of God being used in my life? Well, because you put them aside all the time. And you'll live a life full of guilt because you're constantly looking at the things that you did wrong and did right because God is not living and breathing inside of you. However, if Jesus is the Son of God, like he says he is, then you can live a life with hope, protection, and grace. You have to ask yourself the question, and ask yourself the question right now, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? And it will set up the rest of your life, and even more importantly, it will set up your afterlife. Who is Jesus? Simon Peter had an answer. He says, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Good answer. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Verse 17, Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. You didn't figure this out for yourself, or you weren't persuaded by a nice sermon. You didn't hear it from, from flesh and blood. But you have experienced and you have heard from the Father of God, from the Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Name Peter means rock. So he says, on this rock, I will build my church. So this is kind of the, 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 the first beginnings of the church. This is when Jesus says, here's what's going to happen. That this church, the gates of Hades, are not going to be able to overcome it. How is he able to have this? How is, how is uh, Peter able to be able to go up against the gates of hell and not overcome it. That's the next verse, verse 19. It says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. 
I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Listen, keys, keys, what they do is they give you the authority to open a door and allow entrance. Okay? Everybody get your keys out. You know what your, what the, what the keys that you have, you know what they open. This one opens my truck, okay? This one right here opens my house. This one right here opens the door to my office. This one, I don't know what this opens. It was just given to me when I got here. <laughs> but most of them, I know what they open to, okay? We know when we are given keys, it allows us interest. You guys cannot get into my truck unless you have this. I do not grant you authority to get into my truck, okay? But I have authority to get in my truck. Why? Because I have the key. And he says that he has given the keys of the kingdom to Peter and to the church. And there's a couple of keys we're going to talk about here today that Peter definitely has a hand in. Peter on the day of Pentecost... Okay, opened up and proclaimed the gospel, not just to Jews, but to Gentiles later on in Acts as well. So he actually is able to open the door and allow people to come into heaven. That's preaching the gospel. We have the power to do that, okay? We don't have the power to throw someone in if they don't want to be thrown in or to keep somebody out, but we have the key to show them the way to a relationship with Jesus Christ. We have that key. And you can do that. You can tell your family, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors, whoever it is, you have that key. And you have the authority to unlock that door and say, this is the way to heaven. Come on. Come this way. And you can show them through the word. And that's what Peter did on the day of Pentecost. We also have another key. Binding and loosing. He says... Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We have a key to binding and loosening that what is being that that is attacking you. To bind is to restrict or to lock. It can't do what it wants to do. To loosen is to permit or unlock. That means let it go. And God says, I got your back. Whatever you bind on heaven. Or whatever, I'm sorry, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loosen on earth will be loosened in heaven. And what does that mean? It means I got your back, okay? I don't know if he's going to slam his hand on a locker or something, but what I can tell you is, is that he has your back. He has the church's back. Whatever you bind, whatever you loose on earth, that's what's going to look like in heaven, okay? So what does that actually mean? Or actually, how did he get that? How do we have the keys in our pocket? Well, because Jesus went and got them. Revelation 1.18 says, And I hold the keys to death and Hades. After he died on the cross, he went down to hell, he grabbed the keys, and then he was resurrected. He has the keys. He has the authority. And he gave the keys to the church. So, when Satan attacks you, let me... Let me do an aside here real quick. Okay, so there's when, when Satan attacks you. Let me come over here just for a second, okay? Um, everything that happens bad to us is not Satan attacking us. Let me explain. Sometimes life just happens, okay? 
Sometimes you, you have a wreck. That may not be Satan attacking you. you. You just you need to look where you're going whenever you're driving. Okay? Like, life happens. Sometimes a bee stings you. That's not a demon bee, okay? That's just a bee stung you, okay? Life happens. Things happen, okay? Sometimes uh, our downfall is ourself. We are the ones who cause us pain and suffering, okay? If you are in debt, that may not be Satan attacking you. That may be you need to start spending less, Okay, <laughs> you, you take in this amount of money, why are you spending that much, okay? I, I'm just telling you, every, every single time that we get attacked, sometimes it's us. Sometimes we need to keep our mouth shut, okay? You know why you got fired? Not because Satan's attacking you, but because you can't keep your mouth closed, okay? You know what I'm saying? Can I say that? Is that, okay? Um, there is this, we'll get there in a second. Sometimes it's just life, okay? Not every moth that flies in your mouth is Satan, okay? It's just things happen, <laughs> okay? Every time you trip and stub your toe, that's not Satan over here trying to let me get him, okay? Sometimes it's life. Sometimes we mess ourselves up, okay? So can I, that's a side. At the same time, there is an enemy who is out to steal, kill, and destroy you, all right? There is a Satan. There is darkness. There is evil that is in the world who does not want you to succeed. Wants you to live a life in chaos and without peace. Wants you to live a life without Jesus Christ. Wants to constantly keep you distracted off the things of God. And that is when, so when Satan attacks you, yes, those things happen. But this happens as well. There are principalities. There is darkness. So when Satan attacks you, not when these things, but when Satan attacks you, you have the keys to bind that. You have the keys to bind that. When depression, when sinful thoughts, when anger and rage start to well up inside of you and attack you and try to get you to sin, you have the keys, church, to bind that which is attacking you. Amen. You as the church. You know what? For those people where darkness has captured you, maybe you're watching this online, you are addicted. Drugs, alcohol, pornography. You live in a life of sin. That darkness has already grabbed you. The power of the church, the power of Jesus Christ that he has given to the church, the authority, he has given the keys to loosen you from that bondage. The church has the power and the authority through the key that God has given us. So whatever comes and attacks you, you can bind that. Whatever has already attacked you, you can loosen that. And Jesus says, what you bind or loosen on earth will be bound and loosened in heaven. Not only that, it says that the gates of hell will not be able to overcome it. That means that, how do you, un how do you get through a gate? You unlock that door. We have the keys. The gates are a defensive measure. So sometimes Satan's attacking us, shooting arrows at us. But it says the gates of hell, that means the wall or the gate that's outside, we have the ability to go through that with, our, with the light and attack the darkness. Too many times Christians are playing defense all the time. Oh, what's going to happen next? 
No, no, no. We can attack and move into their area, into the dark world, into the dark area, and we can attack them. And we have the power to bound or to bind and to loosen because of Jesus Christ. Romans 12 says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The church has the power to do this. Matthew 18, maybe some of you are thinking, okay, is, is, is binding and loosening somewhere else in the Bible? I'm, I'm glad you asked. It's two chapters later in Matthew chapter 18, okay? Just a couple of, it really is the same page in my Bible. Matthew 18, these same words of binding and loosening, it's in another story, in another part of the Bible here, two chapters later. And the context of this, that he's talking about binding and loosening in this, is disunity in the church. So this is when someone has committed a sin. Should you go, you go and show your brother your sin? You should bring two or three people along. Uh, you should bring it toward the church. So there's disunity, not just disagreement, but there's disunity in the church. This is the context that it's coming from, okay? So there's disunity in the church, and he says, Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Does that sound familiar? It's the same thing. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth can agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Forth in the fire. There I am with them. So this binding and this loosening, this, this keys that he has given us, it seems like it hinges on a couple of things. He will give authority if you are operating in his name, using his keys through his church with agreement for his glory. You hear what I'm saying? We can act. We get that authority given to us if we're, not, if we're using his authority, his keys, and we are together in this, unified together. He's got your back, he says. But if you are in sin, or you're operating for ungodly reasons, or you're trying to build your kingdom, or you're not in unity with the church, then the authority is not given to you. However, if you do act in this way, the authority to preach the gospel, to bind, to loosen, is given to the church we have to be unified in this. It's not just one of you. Not all of us have our own key ring, okay? There's, one, there's keys that's given to the church. So we have to be together and unified in this. Why did Peter get the keys in the first place? Because he said who Jesus was, and that is the key. That is the key to the keys. Because he said who Jesus was. It's not just about good morals or right behavior or we have a really good worship team or whatever it is. But because Peter said that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, you are the authority. Church, we are not weak. Church, we are not frail. Church, we are not, oh boy, I don't know how we're going to make it. That is not what the church is. The church, God has given the church the power and authority to bind darkness, to loosen addiction. That power is given to us because God has our back. 
because God has our back and because God is with us. Pastor Victor, come on up. If I can just say one more thing about the church. Listen, the church is more than just coming to a place to hear preaching and to hear some singing and to have some fellowship while we eat some spaghetti next week. Like, it's some of that, but it is a lot more than that. And if, if church to you is just a place, something to do on Sunday where I can hear a cool little story, or I can sing some songs that I can like, and I can hang out with some people that I like, you are missing out on so much. You are missing out on the power of God. The keys to the kingdom, the authority, to God, uh, the authority of God has been given to the church to bind what is attacking us and loosen the things that have grabbed us. We also have the ability and the power to preach the gospel with boldness. Romans 1, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. You're not ashamed of the gospel when you know who has your back. So I'm going to, we're going to go into a time of prayer this morning. And I'm going to ask, or I'm going to open it up for a couple of, couple of ways that you can come up and pray, okay? Hopefully we can fill this altar, these altars with people who want to pray and see the power of God in their life. Can we, can we all stand this morning? So I think all of us are going to pray about something this morning. I want to give a chance for you to come to the altar as well. If you're here and you heard me talk about who is this Jesus, who is Jesus to you, and you say, you know, I need to give my life to Jesus. Jesus has kind of been this well, maybe he's one way, or maybe he's, you know, this over here. I need to ask Jesus into my heart and just give it to him. Because who Jesus is is the Messiah, the Son of God. I'm going to give you opportunity to come down and pray. And in fact, I want to pray with you. So come to me, and I want to talk to you, and I want to pray with you. Here, just a second. If you're here today and you say, I need, I understand that the keys to preach the gospel have been given to me, but I've just been... I just haven't done it. I haven't had that boldness. And I want to have the boldness to preach the gospel. I want to be able to tell my friends, my family, and my neighbors about Jesus. And I want to come down and ask God to help me with that. I, I want boldness in witnessing and evangelism and telling people about Jesus. In just a second, I want you to come forward. But if you're also here today and you are battling, Satan has come against you. And yes, we can even pray for some of these over here where maybe we're the cause of it. But specifically, Satan is coming against you and is attacking you. And you say, I want to pray that he be bound, that I be loosened from this addiction, depression, whatever it is, by the power of Jesus Christ. And by us coming together under his name, using his keys with a unified body of believers, I believe that it can happen. Anybody else believe it can happen? So we're going to open up these altars. If you say, I want to give my life to Jesus, I want to say Jesus is the Son of God. If you're here and you say, I want boldness in preaching the gospel like Peter had. Or if you say, I am uh, I, I, binding and loosening. Satan's attacking me, and I want prayer against that. I want you, if you're any one of those three, I want you to come and find a place to pray.
One, two, three, go. Come and find a place to pray. You say, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to have more power and more boldness in preaching the gospel. Or you say, I am bound by or I need loosened of something that is attacking me. Amen. Several people coming forward. Church, if you're out here and you say, I, I, I just have the gift where, where I want to pray for people, you can do that. Come and stand behind someone, maybe lay a hand on a shoulder, but you say, I want, we don't have a specific prayer team that I'm asking for, but I'm saying if you're out here and you believe in the power of prayer and you believe that this can happen, you can come down and pray with us as well. But we're going to have some binding and some loosening this morning. We're going to have some, some preachers of the gospel this morning. And we're going to have some people who are going to give their life to Christ here this morning. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Satan, we come aggressively against you in the name of Jesus Christ. Aggressively. Lord, we are picking a fight with a bully because we know who has our back. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, the great I am. And we are protected under the blood of Jesus Christ. So I come against anything, any power, any devil in hell who's going to come against a child of God. Get your hands off in the name of Jesus. Get your hands off. We are child of God and we are the church. We come aggressively against you, Satan. God, I pray that you would walk with us. With your mighty hand, you have rescued us. So, Lord, we are walking with you. We're walking with you, God, and we thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for being a mighty, mighty God. For those who are here this morning, those who are watching online, thank you for giving your heart to Jesus. Who is Jesus? He is the Messiah, the Son of God. Hallelujah. For those who are praying for boldness and sharing their faith, <coughs> God, we are not weak. We are not strong. We have the good news of Jesus Christ on our side. I pray that you would go forth with us. And for those who are here, who are under attack, or who are bound by sin, I come against it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, pray that you would deliver pray that you would heal in the name of Jesus by the authority of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, God. When we walk out of this place, we will walk different than the way that we walked in, knowing that you are on our side. Knowing that you are on our side. God, we love you. We praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. <clears throat> we are the church, and it's time we start acting like it. It's time we start acting like who we have backing us. We have God on our side, leading us, guiding us, protecting us from flaming arrows from behind picking us up when we fall. We are walking with God. We are walking with God with the authority of Jesus Christ. Man. Mm.
Those who oppose the church better watch out. They better watch out. They, they, they've, they've been in control of, of, of pockets of this area for too long. Not anymore. Church is waking up. Church, is, church, are we waking up? We're waking up, church. I'm done with this. <clears throat> there's addiction, there's bondage, there's strongholds. They need to be brought down. And it's not just by let's have a nice little service once a week. We're the church mobilized. This is a service, but we are the church. And bondage is broken down on Sunday morning, but it can also be broken down on Tuesday night and Saturday morning and throughout the week. Come on, church. Let's go be the church. Let's go be the church. Let's go be the church. Thank you so much for coming, being a part of service. Looking forward to next week as well. Bring a friend next week. Thank you for giving. Thank you for serving. Thank you for being a part of the church. It's the last time I get to say this, but service is over, but the church is not. Let's go be the church. Love you guys. See ya.